Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. When scientists make discoveries, they publish them so that their colleagues can build upon that knowledge. So why not take that a step further and share best practices that help scientists work more efficiently? That's what Sandra Alfano is doing. This is Colleen Chaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications talking with Dr. Alfano, chair of the Human Investigations Committee at Yale, about how she's working with other institutions to improve the way these bodies work. So best practices sound like a no-brainer. If it works someplace else, we'll just do it here, right? Certainly, that's exactly the point. And we all go to professional meetings and hear other institutions' great works that mm -hmm. they've done. And we come back enthusiastic, but frequently people stumble and aren't able to implement these best practices. Perhaps the computer systems are different, uh, resources are different, the political structure is different. Mm -hmm. So there's often a failure to be able to actually go ahead and implement those best practices. We've been working as actually a supplement to the CTSA grant as part of the YCCI with a partner institution to see if we could find a way that we could make best practices adaptable to different institutions. And so this is the Yale-Mayo collaboration the collaboration with Mayo Clinic. So they're not always one size fits all. So you and Mayo are sort of working on alterations. That's right. Uh, trying to find best practices in one or the other institution and seeing if we could find a way to adapt them to our institution, number one, mm -hmm. but then to make that adaptation sort of generic so that then other organizations could also use it. And have you found things already that are making a difference? So we have one really exciting uh, development that we've been working on as part of my role with the Human Investigation Committee. And that is Mayo Clinic has this very rich resource. They call it their Quality Academy. And they have um, personnel there at Mayo that can go to various departments and really give them the legwork and the support to develop various quality improvement projects. And so Mayo, that's one of their best practices, and they shared that with us. And they've been able to spawn quite a number of projects. I, I'm aware of about eight, but mm -hmm. probably more. And so that again, was something when you go and you visit with them, you get very excited about and say, you know, gee, I'd love to bring that back. How can I do that here at Yale? Well, number one, we don't have a quality academy as right. they do. And so one could stop right there and mm -hmm. say, mm, well, we can't do it because we don't have that. Instead of taking that approach, we said, well, how can we learn a piece of that? Is there a way we could take some piece? And so the idea was they have these, uh, they call them 100-day quality improvement projects. And so the idea of a 100-day project is let's take one piece. We may need some broad sweeping improvements mm -hmm. or changes that, that sometimes would 
would frustrate you in trying to get out of the gate because it's so big. So rather than tackling the big piece, can we take a small piece and set a goal, define it very narrowly, set a goal, and try to accomplish some change within this relatively brief Mm -hmm. 100-day period. And so that is a project that we developed in response to listening to these best practices. Now, obviously you're focused on IRBs or human subjects committees, but it seems to me that this is something that could translate to other fields, couldn't it? Of course, it it certainly can. And as part of the Yale-Mayo collaboration, YCCI has several projects that are intended to do this same thing share best practices, and then see how we could uh, adapt them Mm -hmm. to allow for adoption. One other project is uh, sharing educational opportunities for both researchers, especially junior researchers, Mm -hmm. and research support staff. Now, this is part of the CTSA, as you said, the Clinical and Translational Science Award. And I understand that you're doing a number of things with other CTSA sites to share practices. Can you talk a little bit about just how similar or different the issues are that you face? So, so very, very similar. Yes, yeah. we, we're all in, uh, in the same boat in that we have... Uh, some ambiguity in the regulations. We need to respond to guidances that sometimes are not very clear mm-hmm. or or frustrating. Uh, evolving thinking in the world of human subjects protection, and then we all share issues of limited resources. How do you prioritize? What are the best support? sort of technological systems Mm -hmm. that we should choose. So I I would say my interactions uh, find find vast similarities. So all the more reason to be working together. That's right. Let's look locally for a minute um, at IRB work here at Yale, which has changed a lot since the Human Research Protection Program started taking on more of an umbrella role. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, so, so our approach to involving human beings in research is that fundamentally we want to ensure the protection of those human subjects. We want to make sure that risk is minimized and that subjects are protected. And so in the past, maybe maybe five, ten years ago, if you asked folks who's responsible for that protection of human subjects, people largely would have said, well, that's the IRB's role. The mm-hmm. IRB's responsible for protecting human subjects. That that was a while ago. Now the thinking really is, and, and I believe it was always true, mm-hmm. it's not the IRB's responsibility alone. It's a shared responsibility. Certainly researchers that are interacting with the subjects have a primary responsibility to protect them. The IRB has a responsibility. And then there are other groups. We have scientific review 
committees at Yale that will review protocols. They should also be looking at, well, what are the safeguards that are built Mm -hmm. into these protocols? We have other oversight committees, such as the Conflict of Interest Committee, which will be evaluating whether a researcher is conflicted in doing the research. So the idea of a human research protection program is that we really want to tie all of those entities together and reinforce this that we all Mm-hmm. have a primary concern about protecting human subjects. I would imagine, ultimately, that would make the process go much more smoothly. Because if I, as a researcher, feel this responsibility and understand what that responsibility is, I'm going to, out of the box, come to you with a proposal that's going to go through more quickly, is going to be more easy to approve, because I'm already sort of hitting the right notes, right? Absolutely. So that that intuitively does follow. Now, whether trying to tie groups together makes things flow more smoothly, that needs always to have a little bit of work to try to smooth out any rough edges. Mm-hmm. One concern uh, could, could be if if different groups are serially reviewing projects, right. then you might actually be starting to introduce delays. Mm-hmm. But but the idea of the Human Research Protection Program, this umbrella uh, 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 over all of the groups, is that we are trying to work together in a lot more collaboration. There are individuals from the IRB who sit on several of these other oversight committees to try to ease those communications Mm -hmm. and make things more efficient. So there's one vision. Yes. And likewise, key individuals from various other groups or organizations also sit on the IRB. So there's this cross fertilization mm-hmm. and this and this shared this shared vision as you said. And the bottom line is approvals are going faster. So that is part of a goal that we have and there is another group and I, I think you'll you'll speak with Kathleen Yusinski, mm-hmm. who is actually working on this idea of metrics. How, how do we measure approval times? And then how do we, again, find the ways to drive down those intervals and, and make them shorter so that approvals will go better? But I think I want to reinforce something that you said. It's not all about speed. It's not right. all about quick approval. It's about, it's about sound scientific and ethical design. And so if we can drive down the thinking and the understanding, as you mentioned earlier, so that the proposal coming in already has good sensitivity and responsiveness to safety and ethical issues, then, then those types of protocols should go through the system very smoothly. Because, as you said, protecting human subjects is everybody's job. That's right. Thank you. That was Dr. Sandra Alfano talking about her work with other CTSA sites to improve the way IRBs function.